and hear all you who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. In a deceptive and backwards world, we are starved for true identity, purpose, and most of all, hope. We want to be loved, encouraged, and known. We are desperate for a tribe to rejoice with, lament with, and to break bread with as his kingdom comes. This season on Basket Full of Bread, you will hear more stories of God's resurrecting power and biblical heart transformations that have altered future generations. We will armor up and I'll pray for you and all the saints. And together, we will see God's promises unfold and petition to be overcomers. We will marinate in the book of Romans, belly laugh, chat about heaven-sent approaches for healing, see the miraculous in Juniper, rope Matt into some Matt chats, and God willing, there will be a beautiful birth story along the way. Hi, you guys. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Basketful of Bread. This is going to be a quick episode in the name of Jesus. This is really going to be a response to what I have been seeing and hearing from so many of the saints, so many of my brothers and sisters who are um, on the the uh, on the ground working, harvesting really just trying to do what the Lord wants them to do. And they're experiencing attack after attack after attack. And so I just want to pray for you. And I want to um, just refresh your hearts and encourage you today. First Peter 5. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Take the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, also you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, 
who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This has been just the prayer of my heart for us, for the workers during this harvest season. Um, I've been waiting to kind of get on here because my voice, you guys, it keeps coming and going. I'm sure you can tell I constantly just sound like super like nasally and it's the craziest thing. But um, as my work for the Lord intensifies and as I'm just hearing so clearly from the Holy Spirit about what he wants me to be doing, where he wants me at, the bolder I get, the more <laughs> my voice and, you know, spirit of infirmity, whatever, sickness, um, or just like random things um, creep in, creep up. Um, one of the biggest things with this podcast is I'm very vulnerable on here, you guys. And, um, you know, past Bethany is not a social media sharer. I'm not trying to put my life out there. I'm definitely not trying to put my children out there. So the enemy has used that fear of mine of like, oh, blah, blah, blah in the wee hours of the morning. And I've caught on to it. And so I'm easily, I recognize it. I rebuke it. And I say, get back, stop. I'm doing the work of the Lord. And he has given me the provisions for this and he is blessing my path and nothing will be getting to me that has not been first filtered through my father's hands. He is sovereign over it. And so I wanted to just encourage us today, you guys, especially going into another week, we're moving into the time of the holidays. It's getting crazy, um, but we're going to have so many more opportunities to be um, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and acting in love to the people around us. Um, And the enemy is going to do everything he can and is already doing what he can to distract, to redirect, to get us so like bogged up in ourselves and focused in on what's happening in our own whatever so that we're not able to, one, hear clearly from the Lord, humble ourselves and obey, and ultimately not able to share Jesus with other people. So this scripture that I'm reading today in 1 Peter 5, this has like been on my heart. And it's funny because the the part about humble yourselves, therefore under this mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I forgot that that was even in this part when I came to do this, this little podcast. I just wanted to share on watching out for your vigilant lion, Satan looking to devour us a roaring lion who walks out. Okay. But we've got the lion of Judah, right? Who could like eat this little teeny weeny lion with like one bite. I didn't realize though that these scriptures were together. And so I want to unpack that just a little bit. So first Peter five opens up addressing initially the elders, right? Initially the people that have a flock, they have, they're shepherding somebody. These are literally older people that have gone before and they are wise and they um, are making these, um, like, you know, they have this special responsibility and they answer to the chief shepherd and will 
you know, get what they get when he comes back kind of thing. Um, and then in 5.5, five, it goes on and it addresses the younger. Submit yourselves to the older, it says. Um, Yea, all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with humility. So he's addressing older, the elders, what they're responsible for, and the younger. And his word to the younger, which, you know, I feel like I fall in the younger category. I'm only 32. I think we're kind of all <laughs> that are listening to this in that category. Um, you might have people that you're shepherding and you might, you know, have children like I do. And so we are subject in that way as elders and shepherds. Um, but in a general sense, um, he's saying that we, the younger should be submissive to, sorry, you guys, the older and that we should be clothed in humility. Um, why does God want us to be clothed in humility? Of course, it makes things more pleasant (laughs) for everybody around us. Um, But here it says that God resists the proud in that he actually gives grace to the humble. Um, I don't know about you, but I absolutely have to have that grace. I I fall so short of the glory of God. Um, I fall so short in my day-to-day life that I need his grace to cover me so that it makes up for the deficit that I just have in my flesh. And I have felt what it felt like, what I have felt what it feels like when God resists me. And maybe you have too. Maybe you have felt like, man, is God even hearing my prayers? Um, like what, what, like what is it? And for me, nine times out of 10, I go back and it is a pride issue because God resists the proud. He doesn't want to be in fellowship with the proud. He despises the proud. Like it's, 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 um, it's vile to him. And so he spits that out of his mouth. He can't, he's not going to fellowship with it. And so that's when I have to repent for my pride and ask him to humble me under his mighty hand, which is a very intense prayer to pray. Cause you're like, Ooh, how's he going to do it? <laughs> But hopefully, you know, the more we walk with him, the more we see the pride coming in the distance and we can renounce that. We can reject that right away. So after he addresses the need to humble ourselves to each other, then he addresses that we should humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. I've said this before on the podcast, but when I submit myself to my husband and I humble myself to Matt, I am better, easier. I It's easier for me to humble myself and to submit myself to the Lord. That's how it works. I It's one of the mysteries of marriage. I think what Peter is saying here is a similar thing. When we humble ourselves as a general state of being around other people, we can better humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. And what does God do when we humble ourselves under his mighty hand? What does he do? He exalts us. He lifts us up in due time. I find that so interesting. Like, what does that look like for the Lord to lift us up, to exalt us? It's like you're on your knees, you're bowed down. And then at some point, 
whenever he decides, whenever the due time is, he lifts us up. He grabs your hand. He picks you up and he says, okay, stand up here. Like, I want you to do this. This is the work that I have for you. I think that's such a beautiful thing because it starts with humility. Isn't this such an example of Jesus? You know, humility, how our Savior modeled this, this humility so perfectly. And it was through that humility, not only did he lead other people to repentance ultimately, but he was able to model how to resist the enemy. You know, I think the enemy has to flee in the presence of humility because that is literally who Jesus was. And so when we live and we act out of that, it's like there's no grounds for darkness. You know, it can't, can't fellowship here because this is who Jesus is and this is who he is in us. And then he adds this part in seven, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You know, he didn't, of course, have to add that, but it's this beautiful thing because sometimes we feel like we need to muscle our way through situations with pride. We don't realize it's pride, but we're like pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're DIYing it. We're getting it done. It's actually pride. It's very, very like sneaky and tricky, which Peter's going to talk about. Um, And we do that because we think that there's nobody advocating for us maybe, or like I have to cover my, myself because maybe, you know, your spouse isn't looking out for you, or maybe you've gone through a lot of horrible stuff or who knows, like whatever it is, maybe it's just like part of your personality. You're like, I'm a whatever, you know, Enneagram, whatever, you know, we think like we know best and I think it's just really sweet that he he adds that part, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Because at the end of the day, like when you're humbling yourself before the Lord and you're laying down all your burdens there, he is going to not only lift you up in due time, but he's going to sort through that with you. He's going to sort through all the things that you care about with you. And he's going to help you um, walk through that because he cares He cares about you. He cares about your heart. And then it goes on to, and this is, this is the part that I really wanted to get into today was being sober, being vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he will devour. Interesting. This is this is, you know, kind of what we're up against, you guys. And I know there's this like trend to be like, don't give Satan too much credit for blah, blah, blah. And it's not about giving Satan any credit. That's not what we want to do today. But we want to have eyes to see and to recognize when there's a roaring, lurking lion around or trying to get through our front door. Like we need to see that and we need to rebuke it and address it before it makes a bed and starts to like get cozy within the corners of our house. Then it goes on to say, um, seeking whom he will devour, whom, who's he going to devour? Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So who is he looking to devour? 
it says that this, the devil, the roaring lion, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour, colon, this is who he's looking for. People who resist steadfast in faith, ooh, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So the enemy is not looking to devour somebody who's living the dream, you know, walking. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this, you guys. I feel like my analogies are just going to get like so weird. Anybody who's, you know, not actively working for the Lord, the enemy doesn't care. If you're like numbed out on your your Insta and your Facebook and your, you know, DoorDash, <laughs> hey, we've all been there. Um, the enemy's not coming for you. That's not who he wants to devour because you're ineffective for the kingdom. Not interested. Not a problem for him. The ones he wants to come devour are the ones who are resisting. They are steadfast in the faith. Okay, these are the people that are every day getting up and they are working for the Lord. They are trying to humble themselves under his mighty hand so that he can lift them up. They are actively casting their cares upon the Lord. They are in active relationship with him, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit right away. They're doing stuff. That's who the enemy is after. Anybody who's experiencing transformational work in their life because for the first time their eyes have been open and they're seeking his face. Uh-oh, problem for Satan. That's who he's coming to devour, okay? So if you guys fall into those camps, somebody who has recently chosen the Lord and is like trying to figure out what that's like, somebody who has maybe re-chosen or re-surrendered and is sold out. Like, okay, I get it. I'm doing this. Like, okay. Or somebody who is like on fire constantly, you know, doing everything they can to please their maker. That's who he's coming for. These people that are, are truly trying to live a life for Jesus. They're not, he's not coming for, you know, people who are like double dip and lukewarm. Like it's not happening. That's not happening. And so if you fall into those camps, this is for you. Um, because one, in this scripture, he talks about our brethren who are experiencing the same afflictions. And I know so many of my friends um, that are just like raising godly families are being attacked specifically with like sickness. Oh my goodness, all the time in the last couple of years. Um, and other things too, marital, marital stuff, things like that. Um, but what's so beautiful about this is like, like be encouraged because there's a whole brethren all over the world who are experiencing the same afflictions as you are. You're not alone. You're not alone. Matt and I were reflecting last night on our date how, and we think about this, this moment in time often, but the month or so before Juniper got sick, we were sitting on the patio every morning together and we had just started to pray consistently together before the day. Like it was like, wake up, we did a little exercise, we got in the word, or I got in the word and Matt was, you know, 
fellowshipping with the Lord, and then we would pray together. And we, I specifically remember we were praying for boldness. We were praying that um, we would be like more effective in sharing the gospel. And um, we really just put our ourselves out there and we're like, okay, Lord, like we are like unified in this and like we want this as a family and as a couple. And Matt and I, you know, that that was a first for us to be equally yoked, to be honest. Um, you know, because we've walked very different journeys. And that was really one of the first times that from the depths of both of our souls at the same time together, we unified and sat and asked to be used for the kingdom of God in a very specific way. And that moment, man, I think of that and I'm like, ooh, that put a target on our backs. It totally did. But praise be, you know, to God that it did because the fruit, you guys, that has come out of that moment in time, that yes to the Lord, that defining moment where we said, like, use us, like, have your way in our marriage, in our family, like, as as we come out and, and go into the world, um, the fruit from that, there's, there's no other way that there could be so much fruit than through the suffering and through <laughs> the target being on our back, okay? Because when there's a target on your back, what does that make you do? You realize, oh, shoot, I'm in battle. Like, I got I to gotta get my shield up. I got to, you know, I got to call out to the name of the Lord. I got to do things differently. I can't just like roll in and roll out. Okay, so Peter goes on to say um, in 10, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. So we are called. We are called by the God of grace. We are called to him. After we have suffered a little while. Actually, it says a while. (laughs) I added the little. It just says a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's the promise. The promise is this, that there's grace. He's the God of grace, right? And he's called us unto eternal glory. So so we fix our eyes on eternity, you know, and in my body and my flesh, I'm like constantly losing my voice. I'm like getting nailed back and forth. My kids, you know, it's just like this cycle of of, you know, whatever it is, you guys, maybe it's something you see and it's like you know, we we have an eternal calling. Like this is not our home. And like this too shall pass kind of thing. After you have suffered a little while, you know, you suffer. This is, it's suffering. You know, you go through these different things in life and for whatever reason, it feels like suffering. Your children being harmed, you being harmed, your bodies being afflicted, whatever that looks like, your heart's being afflicted. Peter is reminding us that this is temporary and that after we've suffered a little while, 
he's going to, it will make us perfect. And I looked up the word perfect because, um, you know, I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean perfect? And so, um, if you have this app, it's called the blue letter Bible app. It's a quick way to look up like the Strong's concordance. And I've, I've touched on it a little bit here and there. Um, but the word perfect, when you go back to what the root meaning is, um, it's caterizio, which I think I've talked about this specific word on here, caterizio. And it's to render, to fit sound complete, to mend what has been broken or rent, to repair. Um, Interesting that this is the word that he uses because what it sounds like to me is he's saying that through our suffering, God is actually repairing us. He's he's fixing what was broken. What was broken since the beginning of time, since Adam and Eve broke the relationship with the Lord, our suffering for Christ's sake, you know, produces this in us. And scripture talks all about what suffering produces. Um, And I'm not going to go super deep in that. I want to more encourage you guys that there's purpose in this. And it says, establish, strengthen, and settle you. When I think of, it says establish, I'm thinking this is establish. (laughs) Okay, but it's to set your foot upon the rock. It's to put you on solid ground, to strengthen you, to settle you. You know, like when we are walking and living apart from Jesus, we are just like we are we are being tossed to and fro in the wind. It's we're manipulated, we're pulled around. There's this influencing us and that influencing us and it's everywhere and we we absorb and take on all these different little bits of identity and it's very conflicting and you you feel you feel broken apart because you're just like who like I don't know I take some of this and some of that and some of that and it's just not how God intended it you know when we find our identity in Christ he mends what was broken makes us perfect he establishes us and strengthens us and he settles us so that we can put healthy roots down so that we can be a beacon of light for the kingdom, a strong beacon of light that's not easily devoured by this roaring lion. Today, I want to encourage us to just look, take inventory in our lives. Where is the roaring lion? Does it go back to my pride? Do I need to humble myself? That's the first start. Do I believe that God cares? Do I believe that he's going to lift me up in due time? Do I believe that he has a plan for my life that involves community and togetherness with all the saints? Am I making active steps to pursue that? Um... I'm going to just challenge us to be aggressive and relentless with this, you guys, because the way the enemy works, he didn't describe it as a little bunny rabbit, okay? He described it as a roaring lion. That means you're being stalked. (laughs) 
the the predator is intelligent and tricky and sneaky and fast um, and stealthy. And so obviously as believers, the power that is in us is so much greater, but the enemy does not want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know that you're already victorious over this, that Jesus already covered this. He's already worked this out in your life and you are victorious because you are. That's the truth. As soon as you figure that out and and you start to see the stalking lion coming from a distance, you can rebuke that junk quick from a distance and it does have to flee. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray right now for my sister listening today that you will give them eyes to see, that they would look up and look out and they would see if there is anything that they need to address, to rebuke, to um, to bring to you. I pray in the same way that as they're, they're actively pursuing humility in their relationships, that they would be humble towards you, Father, so that you can come in and work on any strongholds or things that are sabotaging them for a healthy and vibrant ministry. I pray that um, you will make my sister bold today and that you will fill her with um, compassion and, and gentleness and kindness from the depths of her soul. I pray that if there is pride bound up in some type of something, Lord, you'd reveal that to her today and that she would do the work to allow you to uproot that. I pray, Father, that you will lift her up in due time. Thank you, God, that you give grace to us. Day and night, no matter what, when we come to you and we say, please forgive me, help me. Thank you for the grace that you give us through Jesus. We love you, Father. We just want to be your workers. And we know we fall so short. I fall so short of your glory. I am I am just a person and I need you. We need you because we want to be your servants and we want to make you proud. And we love you and we love the work of your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.